Welcome to the Shoreline, brought to you by Shores and Islands, Ohio, the Midwest's hottest vacation destination. I am your host, Jill Bauer. I'm the PR manager for Shores and Islands, Ohio, and joining me today, as always, is our social media manager, Dayton. Good morning, Dayton. Good morning. So if you're new to the podcast, our amazing destination is located on Lake Erie between Toledo and Cleveland on Ohio's north coast. And Dayton and I are here to give you the inside scoop on everything happening here in our island and coastal communities and talk about the events and the attractions that we think you're going to want to know more about and visit. Hopefully you've been following Dayton's adventures on our social media channels. He's always out and about in the community showing you some hidden gems, some delicious eateries and uh, ways to warm up on these cold winter days. If you haven't been listening, you should go back to our previous podcast because recently we've been chatting with our local indoor water park resorts. So uh, Dayton, what have you been up to over on the socials? Yeah, um, yeah, we're always keeping it going on the socials. Right now, of course, yeah, like you mentioned, we're doing uh, a lot of the Dine Local stuff. If you haven't been keeping up with that, we'll be doing that series, you know, honestly, up until the summer. We just, I just got back from Isafer over in Vermilion, um, which really is a cool. lot of fun. Yeah, it's always so many cool sculptures over there. I know we even had a sculpture last year, I think. Uh, I don't think we had one this year, but we had a sculpture last year. Um, live yeah. carvings everywhere. And of course, everybody loves the whole fire and ice show at the end because it's just a huge huge block of ice on fire like how could you not want to see it and it's awesome it's like it's a, such an awesome picture spot um and then of course we got the burning snowman coming up it's just I was like just a lot gonna of say, speaking of things on fire yeah it's just like everything we're just setting it all on fire that's like the that's the the most fun part though i think about burning snowman is because like it's supposed to be a celebration getting away from winter right. um you know burning it out so it's pretty cool it's pretty cool and it was a lot it was a lot of people there last year so i'm excited to go back this year That'll be a really fun event, folks. Uh, make sure that you're following along. It's at the end of February. I think it's the last weekend. And it's really kind of how we kiss winter goodbye here on the North Coast. And uh, speaking yeah. of winter and, and all things uh, related to it, uh, as you can tell by our destination name, part of our area does include the charming Lake Erie Islands. Most visitors frequent Kelly's Island, Middle Bass Island, and South Bass Island, which is also known as Putin Bay. Uh, that's the name of the village located on the island and uh, these islands are located off of the mainland here in Lake Erie and to reach them you have to travel via air or ferry boat and yes people do live on these islands year-round even though our ferry service is seasonal uh, due to the sometimes uh, cold temperatures here in northern Ohio during the winter but we have a very special guest joining us today uh, joining us on the shoreline is Captain David Bianchi David grew up at Putten Bay and he's worked at Miller Boatline for over 40 years he's done just about every job there is there he's currently the chief engineer and has been a captain since 1985. I'm also told that he was the project manager on their newest ferry, the Mary Ann Market. Uh, on the island, David has been active in community service most of his life, serving as a firefighter, an EMT, school board member, zoning commission, and recreation committee. Sounds like he's keeping himself pretty busy over there. Hi, David. Good morning. Good morning. 
thank you. Thanks, of course, for joining us. Let me uh, tell the folks a little bit about Miller Ferry real quick. It's the only passenger and vehicle ferry service to Putin Bay and Middle Bass Island. It departs from the mainland at the tip of the Catawba Peninsula. And in season, Miller operates regular trips to both islands with more frequent trips during the summertime. They also offer low fares, free parking, free passage for pets, group discounts, and ADA accessibility. And of course, they have some of the nicest crew members around, including Captain David. So tell us a little bit about yourself, David. Well, <laughs> I know that's a loaded I'm, question. Right? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not uh, too accustomed to talking about myself, but uh, I, I've uh, been an island resident since birth. So, of course, that appeals to me. I love the community here. When I started working for Miller Boat Line, uh, it turned out to be a good fit. And so I've stayed with that for a long time. I've enjoyed that and I've enjoyed island life, both the uh, busy summer season and the quiet times we enjoy in the winter. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the most common things that we hear from uh, visitors, you know, people that are interested in this area is, is what is it like on an island in the winter time, right? I mean, it's just a, it's a totally different atmosphere. Yes, and and uh, it's not for everybody, and the isolation is something that uh, some people enjoy and some people really can't tolerate. But there's always plenty to do here. If we get good ice, of course, people get out and enjoy ice boating and ice fishing and snowmobiling and those those winter activities. And if not, you get a lot of work done at the house. <laughs> So, well, well. For example, the the ferry doesn't actually run. You're kind of on a break right now, right? Yes, the 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 ferry. I mean, there was one winter I recall where we pretty much ran the entire winter. But when the lake freezes over, the ferries get laid up for a couple months. It used to be a little longer period, but it does give everybody a little break and a chance to catch their breath. So you mentioned uh, the isolation a little bit, David. What what do you mean by that? Are you kind of cut off from everything? So an example is we just had about four or five days of heavy fog and there was no really getting on or off the island at all. Some people get cabin fever, but it's it's kind of nice. It gets down to just a small community here. You, you know everybody you pass on the road. And you see uh, people maybe at the uh, one restaurant that's open or at the grocery store or the post office is a spot where uh, you bump into people and, and maybe uh, have a little visit and catch up. But for the most part, it's quiet and peaceful and you can enjoy the the beauty really that we're surrounded by that sometimes we get so busy we kind of look past it so since you touched on it so there's businesses open on the island like how what kind of things do stay open during the island i'm sure it's not like a bunch of things but like what's out there still yeah so so there is one uh, this winter there's one restaurant that's open the uh, wharf side it's a it's a good little uh, place on the water and uh, they have they have dart night other other activities and uh, good food and then uh, the grocery store is open this winter the hardware store the gas station and uh, the post office and that's pretty much about it this winter some winters uh, maybe another restaurant will stay open and uh, some winters not so just enough, just enough to get everybody through the season. My wife and I raised a couple of kids here, and of course I grew up here, and one of the things was that you do stock up on a lot of stuff for the winter, so you want to have a pantry and a good freezer and 
but the the grocery store does a good job of, of uh, keeping stuff on hand that you need uh, regularly. Yeah, how do how do they get their supplies? How does the grocery store stay stocked in the winter? Well, they they stock up on the the sundries the and the pantry items and then the the two air services both fly things over so they fly produce and milk and eggs and and bread over regularly throughout the winter can you fly off the island like if you wanted to go to the mainland yes yes there's two businesses that provide air service on and off the island they're both using a small six passenger aircraft well, that's very small. Yeah, I've flown on everything. Well, when I was a kid, it was the Ford Tri-Motors. That's probably uh, one of the unique things from my childhood that is inter- interesting. I've flown on the Tri-Motor quite a bit, I guess. We didn't go back and forth a lot, but I had orthodontia, so I went back and forth every couple of weeks for one winter and uh, even included uh, with Harold Howe flying the tri-motor and even included a stop at Rattlesnake one time when it was just me and my dad. So it's kind of, uh, it's different now. I've got some interesting uh, island air stories. Let me tell you my favorite one. Absolutely. My wife and I were trying to get off the island. Uh, This was before kids we were trying to get off the island to go on a trip and we got snowed in and it was a couple days and we were anxious to get off well they resumed flying and so we got on a Cessna airplane with uh, Cindy Davis she was a great pilot and we taxied out to the end of the runway and it was so icy that she couldn't get the plane the brake to hold to turn the plane around so so she sucked the plane off and we climbed out and we turned it and aimed it down the runway. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and then we got back in the plane and took off and got to the mainland. Oh, my God. And people think that uh, maybe I'm making that story up, but it's the gospel. <laughs> That's perfect. I've, yeah, I've yeah do what you got to do. Exactly. I've heard a lot, um, and I don't know if these are, are rumors, stories, legends. Um, I've, I've heard a lot about like literally driving cars on the lake is that has that ever happened oh, yes. in your lifetime oh, yeah. yeah wow yes we did we did that a lot so there were winters when when we actually drove uh, vehicles used to be cars with a bunch of the, the tops cut off of them and stuff but <laughs> when uh, which we called ice cars and then now there's atvs and stuff that we didn't have back then sure. and the uh, there were there were winters where maybe for five or six weeks you could drive back and forth to the mainland. Pe- people really enjoyed that and took advantage of it, and it got to the point sometimes where you were just going over to uh, go to McDonald's or something. You know, <laughs> that blows my mind. I I just because just now, I mean, I think what was it like three percent ice coverage on Lake Erie this year? It was very very minimal. Did you did you even have much ice fishing out there this this winter? I did not get out, but there were guys that got out for two to three weeks, I guess. And, and then, of course, the weather turned and we got a lot of rain and the yeah. ice deteriorated really quickly. But people are glad just to get out. Uh, there there wasn't a lot of catching, but there was a fair amount of fishing. So <laughs> people enjoy that. When I was a kid, it was mostly fishing and not catching, and that's gotten a lot better. <laughs> over the years but it's it's a fun adventure even uh, if the fish aren't biting now when islanders are hopeful for ice i mean i know that there's always kind of like a ice 
ceremony at the beginning of the winter that, you know, where they hope that there's going to be lots of ice. Is that more just, you know, so that you have something interesting and fun to do? Or is that in hopes that there'll be, you know, a great harvest or whatever of, of fish, a, a great catch? Yeah, it's strictly recreational uh, activities. You know, when I was a very young kid, uh, fishermen could actually sell their fish. There was a guy on the island, uh, John Nissen is the last one I remember who bought fish and then they send them to the mainland to to be sold. Uh, You could hook and line fish and catch fish and sell them. And I don't know when that was outlawed, but it was probably when I was quite young. But I still remember a place on the island where people could take their fish and sell them. And the times were a lot leaner back then. So uh, that was some people were pretty determined fishermen just to to, uh, make a little extra money. The other legend or story I've heard a lot is that folks would take their Christmas trees and line them up to create a path that you would follow like between the islands is that was that a real thing yes yes that's absolutely true in fact right now there's a couple of trees uh, by the the ramp at the uh, state park but that would be the tradition is when when you were done with your Christmas tree you'd take it and leave it by one of the ice ramps or we call them runways and uh, it would be used when somebody did check and make a path wherever it was to to the upper islands or to out to rattlesnake to fish or to the mainland uh, they would plant Christmas trees in the ice to mark the route I remember times when when uh, you were out there and it got a little nasty and uh, as long as you could see from one tree to the next you were going but it, it was all right but yeah that was that was a very uh, normal and regular thing and it was routine that, that that's what people did with their trees when they were done with them that's fascinating <laughs> I just I, I, I bet there's a lot of Christmas trees at the bottom of Lake Erie and they probably make wonderful habitat <laughs> for the fishes that are down there <laughs> yeah I, I mean it's you know the, it, it's been a long time since uh, I remember being a road to the mainland marked with trees but uh, that was I experienced that quite a few times you mentioned the northern islands so talk about isolation there are other islands in lake erie that maybe don't even have the air service that you have can they can the folks that are on those islands get to putten bay and get on a plane yeah the the other islands uh, well the upper islands kelly's island has a nice airport and Okay. Middle Bass and North Bass have airports as well. So the, the inhabited islands really pretty much are accessible by small airplanes. And even Rattlesnake has grass runways so they can get in and out of there in the winter. So do you have any other um, like good winter stories or community stories? Like what's it like to be on the island when there's not a bunch of tourists? Well, it's it's nice. It's a you know, it's like a small community, like I would imagine they are everywhere, and people get caught up with each other that they don't see much during the busy season. There's activities like basketball games, and uh, sometimes the kids put on plays or music programs at the school, and uh, there's been some community theater performances uh, oh, from time to time. So there's there are some interesting group activities too. I just wanted to ask if you have an idea how many people are there, how many people live on the island year round? Well, I, you know, we always like to say about four or 500. There's people that, you know, there's a constantly uh, this controversy about who lives on here, the island and who doesn't live on the island. And 
what an islander is one of the funny uh, sayings that i've heard i don't it came from another island but uh, they said when the last person that remembers when you move to the island dies then you become an islander <laughs> i thought that was a funny one yeah, but but really, you know, it's. I think that there's a lot of people have a lot of different definitions. I don't. I don't think that it matters if your heart's here. Then I think you're an islander. I also think my credentials are pretty strong. <laughs> Sounds like your roots run deep. <laughs> yeah. Considering you live on an island, I'm just curious. Like, how do you feel about? When it comes to like the summertime and the the island picks up and it's a lot of traffic, are you kind of being that since you work for Miller Ferry, like are you more like kind of excited with all the people coming through, or does it kind of get to you at times? It, it varies. I mean, it, there's that anticipation and there's it's fun and it's I like being on boats. I like running boats. I've met so many unique and interesting people and had conversations with them on the 20 minute ride to the island. We get people from all over the world and. And I've answered some really stupid questions, and, <laughs> okay. and, and and but but it's fun no matter what, and it's interesting. And uh, so you, I look forward to that. It also it gets pretty intense and busy for a long time, and it, it's exhausting by the end of the season. I think that's why people welcome a little break in the winter yes. and then you're ready to go again you know yeah you look you look forward to that to that respite that you know you get a little bit of a break and you can gear up for the next season so how how do you determine when when that is when is the ferry going to start running again well the billy market who manages or runs the boat line is the one that makes those decisions and it's based on a lot of things but we have tried not to run the boats through ice. It's really rough on equipment. And then if you ran boats year-round, you would probably put the air services out of business, I would think, okay. the air taxis. So there's, you know, there's some downsides to that as well. And it uh, gives you a chance to do a little work on the boat when they're, they're sitting, and it gives guys sure. a chance to get a little break and do some stuff at home, too. So, so you mentioned the, the air service. I assume they run year-round round as well so they probably pick up a little bit in the winter and you know aren't quite as busy as you all are in the spring summer fall seasons yes they well they their business changes in the summer because they take uh, well they have other longer routes they they're not just island transportation right. but they they also take sightseeing flights somebody's got to haul the mail to all the islands and that's done by air because they they take mail to all these different islands and by boat it would uh, slow down the process yeah it would be it would be too time consuming so they they uh, they do have other summer businesses but the uh, air taxi service itself when you need it sometimes you need it so it's a good right. thing to have all the time but you all are able to transport like cement trucks and construction vehicles and utilities and, and things like that on the ferry. I bet there are probably folks that are, you know, anticipating those projects starting out for the spring and are, are looking forward to you having the ferry running again. Yes, we we've we haul and have hauled just about anything and everything. The newer, bigger boats can accommodate probably three full-size uh, semis without much trouble or uh, five or six uh, tandem axle quad axle dump trucks loaded 
So the hauling capacity is much better. I've hauled stuff. I mean, I even had a helicopter on the boat one time. Oh wow! A guy was uh, bring, bringing it over to put it in his hangar here at the airport to work on it here. Uh, so it was somewhat dismantled uh, and on a trailer and a small airplanes too. They they uh, we've hauled those as well. They take the wings off and carry it in two pieces. Semis. Uh, fuel fireworks yeah you've had some some unique transports over the the years i know you guys do all of the transport for the big bash on the bay music festival like that's staging and lights and tour trucks and all of that yes yes that's that's a, a huge logistics uh, uh procedure there do you have any idea how many porta potties you got to haul over for you got like that? <laughs> It was a lot. No. <laughs> it was a lot. I went last year, and it was a lot. That's a that's a whole boatload in itself. Of porta bodies. <laughs> Some unique things yeah. you definitely see on the boat, huh? <laughs> it's well, it's the kind of thing that probably most people don't even think about and take it for granted. But all that stuff has to has to get back and forth. And right. That's Those that's are- our job. Exactly. It's a very important service. And, and another one of the unique things that you did uh, in 2023 was transport the Ohio State University marching band. Yes, that was the, their second visit. And of course, uh, Billy, the manager, one of the owners, is a Ohio State alum. So he played a major role in get, getting that set up again. But yeah, and so they, they have them on the boat. It's, it's, a, it's something to see. And what a band. What a band! Wow. They and they they come into the downtown dock and they they start playing and they're marching off the boat and then they march on down the road and have a parade and it's it's really exciting and something to see. It's quite a spectacle. Yeah, if you guys check out our social, there's some video there. I definitely went over there that season. It was a it was it was huge it, and the fireworks show at night is amazing. They're on they're literally on the boat like playing inside the water. Um, at nighttime when they set off the fireworks between uh, the Miller and the Jet. Um, yes. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, we always we always have a great fireworks display here, too, and uh, they've been quite adamant about keeping it on the 4th of July, so I respect that. It's always yeah. one of the best fireworks displays uh, around. Yeah, I would agree with that. I've seen a couple of different fireworks shows out there, and they've always been spectacular. <laughs> As we as we you know not really approaching summer, but passing the winter, does the ferry go to all of the islands? Our, our ferry service runs regular scheduled trips to Putin Bay or South Bass, uh, same thing, and Middle Bass. We do uh, make stops at Rattlesnake, but those are are not really passenger oriented. They're more bringing. Uh, items and construction equipment and things like that on and off and north bass as well so we do get into rattlesnake and north bass but regularly scheduled it's uh putting bay and south bass the only other island i think that has regular services kelly's and uh, that's a, a different service yep. and uh, we don't we don't go there and i will have to say this being that i take it so often in the summer it is like your team and the like the timing is always like on point i don't think i've ever like gotten there and we have not like left at the time it said it was going to leave or earlier and gotten where we were supposed to be on time which is always like so nice especially when i'm like running tight trying to get in between events like it's always so punctual with you guys well i i appreciate that i'm a big fan of that you know i i say these ferries are like sharks they got to keep moving or everything 
everything falls apart. And so one of my jobs was to make sure that we kept these boats going and downtime is uh, really an issue. And uh, so that was an, has been an interesting challenge for me over the years and uh, trying to, now that we've, now that we've got more boats, it's a little less of an issue because you have backup equipment. But uh, as this business was growing and expanding and they were building the boats, keep learning the new boats and keeping things going was always an interesting, challenging part of my job. How many boats are in the fleet, David? We're, we're up to five now. When I started, there were three boats, which uh, are all gone now. The market family built all five of these boats started in 83 with the Islander, 89 with the South Bass, 92 with the William Market, and 97 with the Putin Bay, and then, of course, the Marianne. Tell us a little bit about Marianne Market. That's a, a new new ferry boat for you. The person or the boat? The boat. Because <laughs> Marianne Market was, was an outstanding individual, and she was uh, quite, quite a driving force behind the Miller Boat Line, making Miller Boat Line what it is today. But the boat is, you know, it's got a lot of really nice features, and uh, there was a lot of effort put into making it a, a even more comfortable and enjoyable ride, uh, even though it's only a 20-minute ride. And uh, it's also got a lot of uh, modern uh, conveniences, which the, the old boats were updated to, but having it integrated into the boat is quite nice. I've gotten to ride on that ferry, and I definitely notice the, I guess, upgrades. It feels like a more luxurious experience. Um, I love the the seating arrangement. I love the interior area and that, that it's completely handicapped accessible. I know that there are a lot of folks that, you know, maybe can't go up the stairs. If, if you've ever seen the ferries, mostly like vehicles and motorcycles and bikes on the lower deck and then the seating is on the upper deck. But on the new boat, there is a whole interior seating area for those folks that, that need that. And it's air conditioned. Is it weather controlled as well? Yes, we have uh, the, both the, the passenger space on the main deck and on the second deck are climate controlled. And the, the, one of the unique features of the passenger space on the Marianne, of course, is that cabin on the, uh, on the upper deck is uh, forward facing. So you can get a panoramic view. It's yeah. really, really spectacular. When they were building that and just that part of the boat was sitting on the ground, they cut the holes out for the windows. And I knew when I saw that, that that was just going to be an exceptionally nice addition, a new feature that people could enjoy. And the, the bridge on the boat is really something to see. Most people don't get to see that. Well, you it, do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I is that am, is that your favorite boat to pilot now? That's interesting. That's a good question. I enjoy running any and all of the boats, and they're all different. Even two that were built from the same plans don't handle exactly the same. It is certainly to me the most comfortable boat to run, and it's got a spacious pilot house. I I really like the way that it handles. I don't. I don't know. It's. It's like uh, asking somebody if they have a favorite child. I guess you're not supposed to. <laughs> you're not supposed to say. Gotcha. But uh, I enjoy running that boat at least as much as any of the others that I've ever run. Those boats are going to be back in the water literally before we know it because it's already February. So where can people go to find more information on the Miller Ferry? Well, the MillerFerry.com website should have anything you need, and uh, we do have uh, people in the office regularly uh, in the winter to answer questions, although that usually doesn't uh, 
start up till the, the ferries are back in service. I would expect that uh, sometime in March we'll resume daily service and uh, we're working hard to make sure that everything's ready to go and jump back in. Yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to it. I know Dayton and I both love uh, getting over to the islands and visiting and, and don't want to ruin your you know wonderful, quiet winter you've been having. <laughs> but we're, we're anxious, of course, to get the season started. So, um, uh, David, could you one more time say the website for everybody? Yes, it's, well, it's Miller Ferry, M-I-L-L-E-R-F-E-R-R-Y dot com. Perfect. And uh, you can access uh, all kinds of things. You can see our fleet. You can uh, see our schedules uh, for the upcoming season. And uh, that changes as we uh, get busier and the days get longer and we add uh, more trips. Uh, it also has all the information about our parking. And, yeah, all kinds of good stuff there. <laughs> yeah, and then a lot of, uh, I think there's links about activities and there should pro- there's probably a schedule of uh, events. Uh, yep, there's event information, there's discount coupons, there's yeah. all kinds of good stuff on your website. And also Miller Ferries on all of the social media networks. Follow them on you know Facebook and Instagram and Twitter for kind of updates. You know, we want to know when they're when they start running. Uh, the, the, that's the best place to find that information. And I'm sure Dayton will be sharing that out uh, through the Shores and Islands Network as well. Um, so when before we wrap, anything else? There's an awful lot of things to do on the island. And uh, hopefully people are, are aware of that. Like you're talking about, there's there's just, there's all these uh, conservancy walks and there's an aquatic visitor center. There's a historical museum, cave tours, amusements, a golf course. There's still island tours, which to me, Anytime I go someplace, I like to take a tour Absolutely. before I do anything because they give you some kind of an idea of what's going on and what's there to see. And then you can plan your day or your next days around that. People can come here for a few hours and really enjoy themselves or they can come here for a few days and really enjoy themselves. But we do have a lot of family friendly activities too. And I hope people don't overlook that because there's a lot of, a lot of things to do come here during the week, especially. Absolutely. I, I 100% concur. So we love, we love Putin Bay. We love South Bass Island and want to just, of course, thank you. Thanks to Captain David Bianchi from the Miller Ferry for joining us today. And thanks to you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to like and subscribe wherever you are listening to podcasts so that you don't miss a minute of the action here in Shores and Islands, Ohio. You can find more information, including past episodes of this podcast online at shoresandislands.com. Thanks for hanging out with us today, and we'll see you next time on The Shoreline. Shoreline.